Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Uh, good morning. Uh, this is uh, Earl, the recovering car dealer in person. You heard my recorded voice in the introduction. And uh, I'm here with a group of, uh, I guess we could call ourselves automobile experts. Uh, we are in certain facets of that industry. Retail mainly, uh, repairing, maintaining, servicing cars, leasing and buying. And uh, I am a recovering car dealer. I am a, in full disclosure, a current car dealer. I have a Toyota dealership. But I want to assure all of you listening, especially the new listeners, the uh, the ones that have been regulars for many years now, know this. This is not an infomercial in any way, shape, or form. This is truly a consumer advocacy show. We are your advocates as buyers and leaseors of uh, cars, maintainers and repairers of cars if that's a word and uh we try to help you navigate that minefield uh called car dealerships all over the world i used to think that the car dealership problem was only in well i guess i started out thinking it was only in south florida then it seemed like it was florida then the united states but i asked a few questions and i've done a little study and retailing cars is a problem worldwide with a few, with a few exceptions, uh, therefore, and another uh, justification for the show, if, if I need a justification, is the fact that the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics and professions, Gallup, you know, the great, the uh, most uh, respected polling organization in the world, Gallup, uh, every year since 1977, they've been doing a poll of the United States uh, uh, car buyers. Uh, well, not just car buyers, the United States consumers. And they found out that the car buyers rank car dealers the lowest in honesty and ethics. Uh, out of all the different professions and businesses and retail um, offerings that you have, uh, when you're buying a car, you consider car dealers almost always last, sometimes next to last, sometimes uh, a couple pops up from last. Nurses are number one. I mean, you can understand that. You know, what's not to love about nurses? So here we are to help you. And um, it isn't all about buying and, and leasing cars. I've got Rick Kearney uh, in the studio with me. And uh, Rick is going on vacation for a little while. He'll be, he'll be gone next Saturday, but he'll be back the following Saturday. So you folks out there that have a question on the mechanics, and I use that word carefully because it's more the electronics or the computerization of how a car operates. If you're having a little problem with your car, making a funny noise, uh, rattle, shake, or maybe you had it into a repair shop and they charged you too much money, or maybe you're thinking about taking it as a repair shop and you're afraid they're going to charge you too much money. Uh, if you have any questions about the operation of your vehicle, truck, van, or car, Rick Kearney, 
I can answer for you. He is a certified master diagnostic technician, and uh, that requires a lot of schooling. He's been doing it for over 25 years, so experiences with him. He started out as a kid. He used to uh, take cars apart and put them back together when he was a kid. And uh, he is going to school all the time. Uh, a lot of online training. You know, the technology in cars, you've probably noticed, if you bought a car in the past couple of years, you've noticed the quantum leap in technology. Well, that's quantum leap in technology continues, so Rick really has to stay on top of it. So um, here we are, available uh, by multiple channels, 877-960-9960 is the old-fashioned channel. That's a telephone. Remember telephones? 877-960-9960. And texting, which in my mind has replaced the telephone. I, I always text somebody if I can if I can, rather than call. Calling is invasive, so on and so forth. We don't consider it invasive on this show because we'd love to hear your voice. There's something personal about it, and we would prefer a call. But we have the text line for folks that are a little shy, uh, and that text line is area code 772-497-6530. That's four, oh, I look, look up at that, that camera. Oh, so you're seeing just a, the top a, of your heads. Yeah, we're in a new studio, and uh, <clears throat> and I keep forgetting that uh, uh, we're we're visual and we're streaming, and that's what I was going to get into. The text number is seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and we usually get more text than anything else, and it's very helpful. Um, uh, to have that as a backlog because sometimes we'll hit a void in the show where the calls don't come in. We can always go back to the text and Facebook. That's right. We're streaming Facebook Loud. I, I can wave now, and you can see my beautiful face and my my uh, muscles. And uh, I mean, I'm quite a striking figure. I'm not. I'm an old guy, but I like to think I am. Uh, I think of myself as being 26 years old well, in my mind's you eye. So you we're streaming on Facebook. We're streaming on YouTube. We're streaming on Periscope. We're streaming on Twitter. I think it's got them all. Yeah. I mean, there was a time when I couldn't remember all those, but that's that's what we're doing. It's just natural now. We we're high tech. So I think I've covered everything. I got Stu Stewart. I got Nancy Stewart. Uh, Sue Stewart is my son. He's a general manager of my Toyota dealership, and uh, he's been in business what 15, 20 years? Twenty three years. Twenty three. Holy mackerel! Time flies when you're having a good time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are twenty three years older. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all gray now. <laughs> <laughs> and Nancy. Stuart, uh, she's my co. She started with me. Uh, you know, it was just me and Nancy at first, and this was like 16, 17 years ago. Right in this physical location, it was a radio station owned by somebody else, and uh, we uh, we've been doing it together for all that time. She is uh, kind of like our female advocate, and we we are trying to build an audience. And she's done a great job, by the way. Uh, of building an audience of female listeners. There's something about cars used to be a, a, a guy thing, cars, macho trucks, but uh, females buy most of them. Not, I think it's over half. Yep. Uh, they also influence a lot more purchases that they don't make, and they drive half the cars. I think they bring them in for service at least as much, maybe more often. So Nancy Stewart is our co-host. and Hey, tell them about the little... Uh, uh, special prize we have for new female callers. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We've got quite a 
talented group here, and I'm losing my microphone. Uh, I'd like to let the ladies know that the first two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50 this morning, and uh, this time of year, well, that'll come in handy. So give us a call, say hello, or if you have a question, uh, feel free to ask. 877-960-9960. And remember that text number, 772-497-6530. And also remember that uh, you can remain an anonymous and yeah. uh, you can ask us all kinds of questions and remain anonymous. So www.anonymousyouranonymousfeedback.com. Back to the recovering car dealer. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. For some reason, people like that. We like it because it gives your feedback. Some people just want to remain anonymous. And I think we have some mm -hmm. that have come in, maybe some text also. Uh, you want to get started, Stu? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Excuse me, guys. Uh, we're going to go to Ron, who's been holding from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Ron. Hello, Ron. Sorry that you had to hold so long. Are you still with us? That's all right. Yeah, still here. What's on your mind? Um, I have a question. Why do I see so many cars at night without their headlights on when I know <laughs> most cars have automatic headlights? Why are the manufacturers still making them defeatable? Yeah. That's, that's a great question, yeah. Stu. What do you think? I mean, I, I've thought about that a lot because when you you have the option to turn off the automatic headlights so oh. and if you do that and you forget then you could risk driving down the road at night without the headlights on um why i don't understand why they don't just come on there, i mean there's a light sensor that they can use i don't think it's an expensive thing it's something that should be just a uh, just the default condition of the car lights are on when it's dark ron i think you've hit on something important and i'm ashamed to admit i never thought about it Stu did uh, and uh, why should it be optional to have your lights on at night? Uh, it should be mandatory to have your lights on at night. Unless you're like following somebody down a country road, like you're like doing something. Uh, or unless you're a crook and you're trying to burglarize exactly. a home. Or a private investigator. And of course. Ron, do you have any yeah, thought on that? Yeah, you know what? I mean, uh, uh, Rick, do you have any thought on Ron's comment? <laughs> I'm just wondering how we got so creepy and dark so quickly. But uh, my opinion on the headlights, well, following country roads, well, uh, my opinion on headlights is I think they should be designed to where headlights and taillights are on all the time while the vehicle is in motion at the minimum, hmm. if not all the time when the engine is running, especially since we're in South Florida, mm -hmm. but other areas of the country and the world as well get areas of lots of rain, and your headlights should be on in the rain. You should have your taillights on all the time, in the rain mm -hmm. and at night. And you'll see a lot of cars with their daytime running lights on, which means their headlights are on at about half power, but with no taillights. By golly, I, yeah. I think you've got something. Ron, uh, thank you all. What do you think about uh, the discussion so far? You're still with us, Ron. Uh, Ron, uh, if you're listening to add my two cents to it, you know, with all the distractions today uh, with these drivers that are on the road, I agree with Rick. Uh, it, You know, that that's exactly, he's right on point. And again, there's so many distractions. I've not only seen people on the road at night with no lights on, but during the day. So they should be on all 
the time. I hope we answered your question, Ron. I see that uh, you, the, your, your line is freed up, so we're going to go to Mimi, who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Mimi. Good morning. Uh, I enjoy your program very much when I get a chance to listen. Thank you, Mimi. Are you a first-time caller? Uh, yes. Oh, very good. Please text me your information. That's your contact um, information so that I can mail you a check for $50 for being a first-time caller. And that text number I, is? Really nice. You, can I do it any other way? Uh, what, what, what would you like us, how would you like us well, how to receive it? Yeah, how about uh, you could call the number, couldn't you, uh, Stu, and uh, leave a voicemail message? Mm -hmm. Or you could try youranonymousfeedback.com. Well, how are we going to know where she Oh, she gave us a contact information. Or Mimi, if you want to give me a call, uh, you can call me on my cell phone. Do you have a pen? Yes. Okay, 561-386-6498. That'll come directly to me, and I'll get that check out for you. Nine, okay. Eight. Give her that what number again, yeah, just in case she didn't write it down fast enough. Pardon me? <laughs> no, I got it. You okay, got it? good. Okay. What I can we do I for got, you? Oh. Well, um, two questions. One is, I belong to Sam's Club, and I notice they have car um, car deals. And I, want, I know you speak a lot about Costco. And I wondered, um, do you feel um, that Costco is more reliable? We believe Costco is more reliable, and um, this came up a couple of weeks ago when Stu reminded me that we were members of the Sam's Club program. Yeah. Um, uh, we seem to, uh, Stu, you probably can give the specifics yeah. on that. Well, there's, there's not a whole lot of controls um, put on the dealers in the Sam's Club program at, you know, compared to Costco. Costco, there are strict pricing rules, strict procedure rules. That doesn't mean that the dealers follow them um, um, that well. We, we check them out you know, periodically with mystery shopping reports. But um, overall, when they, the dealers that are adhering to the program, you'll get a better deal with, with less risk of getting uh, surprised with uh, you know, just typical car dealer nonsense. But Sam's Club, it was basically you posted your price. There wasn't any follow-up checkup for, by the program. It was kind of uh, up to the dealers to police themselves. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. thank you. Uh, the second question is, we have a van, and it's a converted van for a wheelchair. It has, um, it's a Dodge um, Caravan, and it has two batteries. So there's a switch where you can in, in, have both batteries working or just one battery. Mm -hmm. So when I push the switch up, the red light goes on, and that makes me feel that I should leave it down. Are, is anyone familiar with conversion vans with two batteries? Rick, um, are you? Um, I really haven't had a whole lot of experience with them, but I'm guessing that the way this system is set up is they, they probably simply put in an illuminated switch, uh, but I, I would actually want to have you contact the manufacturer or look for... Uh, some sort of an owner's manual to try to find out for sure of just the, where you'd want to have that set. Of yeah, the, of the, the people that did the conversion. Uh, alternatively, there is a place on 10th Avenue down by I-95. It's right across from uh, the, the Ford dealership there. Uh, the yeah, I went there. Right. I went there. You see, Oh, I should ask them. Right. That's what I was thinking. They would probably, I'm sure their folks there, 
do those conversions. So I'm sure they would okay. be able to give you better advice on what way to leave that switch and how that system will work for you. Oh, thank you. Um, another thing is we went away and left it in a parking garage for nine days. Mm-hmm. And when we came back, it was um, the, both batteries were dead. Oh. And Ooh. now, and I had the switch up, <laughs> probably by mistake. I probably hit it with my uh, leg or something because mm-hmm. the, we bought it. It's, it's, we're not the first owners or the second owners. I think we're the thirds. Mm-hmm. The owner's manual has been destroyed already um, by someone. So uh, it has, and also the design of it doesn't have like a running. It doesn't have a place for your feet, mm-hmm. like the. Um, the, the Ford Expedition did, and <laughs> so that's probably why I hit the hit the little switch thing. But I was wondering um, when I got in the car after someone came with huge cables, but it had to be huge ones. My service had little cables, and that didn't work. But the huge ones did start the car. I ran it two hours back to West Palm Beach, mm-hmm. and um, and then I had the batteries checked, and they said they were just fine. <laughs> so. Um, because I was going to replace them. I thought maybe they were dead, dead. But they, they said they were fine. We had charged them. Yeah, so. quite, quite often batteries can come back from something like that. Uh, but when you go to the mobility place, I would ask them to check and see if there's any sort of what's called a parasitic draw. That something that's left on, that is staying on, that might be draining those batteries. Or with that setup, they may actually have a position that that switch should be in that they'll tell you about where it would keep things from drawing those batteries down when the vehicle sits for several days. Oh, okay. Then I won't have to just, because I was even thinking if this happens again, I'm going to disconnect like all the negatives or something. But um, okay, Perry, I wrote that down. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, Minnie, if, uh, okay. if, if that doesn't work and you have any other questions, please call us next week and uh, we'd like to hear from you again anyway because we don't get enough female callers. And, oh, okay. Uh, and your $50 check will be in the mail, right, Nessie? That's correct. Uh, And again, as Earl said, thank you for calling. Uh, What we're trying to do here is build a platform for uh, the ladies. They are a big part of the auto industry. So, uh, Mimi, spread the word and uh, send me your contact information and I'll get the check out to you. Okay, that was 561-386-6498? That's correct. Okay, good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Tina, who's been holding for a while. Thanks for your patience, Tina. Tina Bonita. Hi, how are you guys doing this morning? Hey, Tina. What's up, Tina? Well, I don't mean to make a pun. I apologize (laughs) that the Staccata airbag thing has blown up to epic proportions. <laughs> I appreciate it. I know. Point. I didn't mean to do that, but it's the only way I know how to say it. BMW and Toyota, and I forget who else, 1.4 million more vehicles are being recalled. Yeah. And the direction from the manufacturers is stop driving these vehicles. It is. Um, it's amazing. I, I saw a bulletin from the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. In fact, it was on my Facebook page the other day. And the bulletin goes out to all the dealers uh, in Florida. And the president of the association, um, uh, Ted Smith, is saying that the federal government is trying to make it illegal to sell cars with dangerous recalls. And we're keeping our eye on this situation. And uh, 
And I'm thinking to myself, what is to keep the eye on the situation? They want to make it illegal to sell cars that can kill you. And, of course, the car dealers are becoming... It was encouraging to me in a way because at least they're starting to realize that it is so absurd that it is legal to sell cars with dangerous recalls. To make a law to make it illegal is the most logical thing in the world. But it's uh, we're losing ground, right, Tina? You're telling us now that there are more cars being pumped out into the public with dangerous recalls than are being fixed. It's just we're, it's a losing battle. But you know what? There's an upside to this because we talk a lot about especially used car lots and used car dealerships that are, for the most part, not very transparent, not very honest. Maybe it'll put a lot of the bad guys out of business. At least that, well, that's what I hope so. Yeah. Well, it's, that's what the uh, Florida Automobile Dealers Association and National Automobile Dealers Association are afraid of. They, uh, they think it's going to have a huge economic impact, and I don't see that either. What kind of an economic impact? First of all, virtually all of the cars now have a fix available. Every now and then you find a car without a Takata airbag fix available. But 99% of all dangerous recalls have a fix. All you have to do, it might take a day, take the car to the manufacturer's dealer's uh, location. They fix it. They get paid for it. You bring it back and you sell the car. So it isn't going to have an economic impact. All you have to do is get the car fixed. You have to recondition the car. You have to wash the car, wax the car, you know, change the tires. There's always reconditioning to do on used cars. It is one additional piece of reconditioning that can save a customer's life. And they're saying this is a hardship, economic hardship. That's absurd. Well, I think to a smaller car lot, I mean, maybe not to a big car dealership, but to a smaller car lot that strictly deals in used cars, it could be. But I'm not really sure about that. You'd know way more about that than I would. That's for sure. Well, it it could be. So are you. It could be a little bit of a delay in sale of a car, that's all. Okay, so are, are you saying basically that it would be a nominal cost to the dealer? Yeah, it'd be a nominal cost to the dealer. And in a lot of ways, it'll be revenue for the dealers because all the dealers that are fixing the cars that have the recalls get paid uh, quite handsomely. You know, if you get a, uh, uh, once, you, once you do multiple recalls, uh, a technician, Rick will correct me if I'm wrong on this, but when a technician does an operation for the first time, it takes him a longer time. He's, he's learning the process. And when he does the same operation 25 times, he can usually do it so fast that he can sometimes double his pay because he, he gets paid the same thing for fixing it, whether he t- spends an hour or half an hour. So technicians actually make good money. The dealers make good money. And uh, all they're doing is the people that don't make the good money are the manufacturers because they have to pay out of pocket. They're the only losers, if you want to call it an economic thing. The only ones that lose are the manufacturers. Okay, so it's not as dire of a situation as I thought. And like I mentioned a few weeks ago, for young people that are looking for a career, good technicians are needed. And if you don't want to go to college, maybe being an auto technician or a computer auto technician is something to consider. Absolutely. I mean, Rick, uh, you know more about this than I do, but uh, we're always looking for good technicians, and and uh, there's just very, very few available. We can't find enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's amazing, uh, uh, Tina, uh, to find a competent, uh, honest uh, technician today and uh, uh, for what do you call them? Uh, science, 
uh, Earl? Science computer guys, or yeah, do you just well, refer computer to computer science? Oh, computer scientists. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a it's an amazing career, and we need more of them. Like I said, competent and honest. So good point. And we need some ladies, Tina. We need we need female mechanics, uh, just like anything else. They can do it just as well as males. And if you go, if you look at a thousand technicians today. Uh, you'll find maybe one female, and they're just not—they're not entering the trade. It's a great business. You know, I can classify them in with finding a good doctor. That's—that's uh, that's how I feel uh, about uh, Rick and what he does. Uh, he does a fantastic job, and he really stays up on the latest. Uh, Technology—that's for sure. Tina, thank you so much for the phone call. Oh, thank you, and I'm so glad that Mimi called earlier so shout out to Mimi we need more Mimi's in the world yes <laughs> thank you uh, and ladies Nancy and I can't do this by ourselves so please call in definitely I think Stu has something to say to you oh yeah just on the on the Takata thing with Toyota so we got a notice back in early November so when the first phase uh, first wave of recalls went out there's a bunch of cars that going up to the 2016 forerunners I think it was the most recent car and they had to fix them with other Takata airbags um, oh. So these are coming back for the second phase. Now they have non-Takatas to fix them. So this yeah. was like, that was just a temporary fix. And now they got to come back in and get fixed again. And, and the worst part about that, they, when that temporary fix, knowing that statistically only one in four will come back and get fixed after they put them yeah. out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not defending them. I just like, what else could they no. do? I'm like, they, they got to yeah. put something in the car. Right, so. Exactly. Yeah. Or they could just make it illegal to sell. That's true. Tina, have a great weekend. Always. Thanks. Always Thanks, nice hearing from time. you. Okay, uh, 877-960-9960. Our lines are lit up. It's an amazing Saturday. Real quick before you jump to them, um, I've gotten some messages from listeners who are saying that on trueoldies.com or streamearloncars.com, they're hearing Christmas music. Um, apparently, we're not streaming online, so the best way to hear us online and obviously, if you can't hear us, then you're not going <laughs> to. This message is going to the wrong people. But you can listen on facebook.com forward slash Erlon Cars. If you don't have a Facebook account, then you can go on to youtube.com forward slash Erlon Cars and you can listen to it. And of course, you can hear us in the studio. Yeah. And if we can ask why we are not having. I've already communicated that with the, uh, oh, with the studio. Yes. Okay. okay. Our internet advisor is right on top of it as <laughs> usual. Okay. We're going to go to uh, Leonard. And I want to thank Howard for holding. We'll get to you in a moment. Good morning, Leonard. Leonard's calling us from Green Acres. Hello. Hey, Leonard. Yes, I, I'd like some advice. I'm, I'm about ready to purchase a car, and on Earl's advice, I called up Costco. I got my authorization number, mm -hmm. and then I went to my credit union, and they authorized me to purchase. However, the lady there said to me, we'd like you to use our buying service, and if you do, I will cut your interest rates by a quarter percent. Hmm. So I'm ready to purchase, but I don't know which service to use, the Costco one or the buying service from the credit union. Well, I think, uh, that's a, Leonard, that's a good position because get your Costco price, and if your credit union will match that, then you can have your cake and eat it too. But be sure they can match the Costco price, and you're, you're on your way to uh, um, 
be sure you get your Costco representative that you're dealing with. That should have been listed on the dealership site when you were uh, listing your zip code and where you and what type of car, make car you want to buy. And be sure that you get your Costco price that's on the price sheet and that any dealer fees or uh, dealer installed accessories are also listed so that you know what their full price is. Then take that price to the credit union and say, okay, meet it or beat it, and we got a deal. Thank you so much, Earl. Well, thanks for calling, Leonard. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Leonard. Give us a call again. Love doing good. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, we're going to go straight to Howard. Thank you for holding, Howard. Hey, Howard. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, it's uh, been a long time. to you all. Uh, apropos of what that gentleman just said, uh, remember Cy used to be on the program with me? Well, of course. Well, anyway, he he checked. He got the price from Costco. He went to his credit union, and they laughed at him. They said there's no way he they could uh, meet the price for Costco. <laughs> and uh, they, they were way off. So you know, I just... Uh, yeah throwing that out uh, you know that uh, don't don't expect the credit union to, to meet the price Howard you know I, I, I'm glad can I say I just I'm glad you said that because I always tout credit unions and I always have tout as a matter of fact I recommend them instead of banks but we do know that there's corruption everywhere there is corruption in credit unions and we even we even encountered this where credit unions are on the take yeah. uh, with salespeople uh, with dealerships and so you have to be careful uh, you know, it's a shame. You know? yeah. I mean, I could say uh, you could be safe in church, but you're not even safe in church. No. So uh, there's corruption everywhere. you got to be. Yeah, there's always like at a dealership, i got a guy at the credit union. Somebody's got a guy. Yeah. They, they got the credit union, and there's a kickback thing going on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely correct. I, I agree with you 100%. I know. And, uh, getting off the topic, uh, going back on to uh, the airbags, uh, I have a friend that uh, is an engineer for NASA. And uh, he said that after 10 years, all airbags are sus suspect as far as uh, the capability of uh, functioning correctly. Is he correct? You know, there is. Um, I talked to Alan Napier, our collision manager, about that. And everything has a shelf life, right? I mean, uh, you, uh, if it's not 10 years, it's, it's 20. But, I mean, there's a shelf life, and I'm not sure what that is. We, we need to Google that, or we need to, because you know, there are a lot of cars out there on the road, 15, 20, 30 years old. What about the airbags? Uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, Rick, do you have a thought on it? The only thing that I've ever seen from Toyota, which would be an official statement from them, is that they say that at 10 years, they should be inspected. Uh. Now, what that actually means, they don't really tell us. So the only thing that we really can do is maybe a visual inspection and a scan tool. It's and funny. there's really yeah. nothing else. Yeah, I'm looking on Auto Trader. I Googled it. Auto Trader has an article on it. It says uh, uh, about 15 to 20 years, but it says the same thing. It says at 15 years, have it inspected, inspected to see if it's working properly. So how, I, do you, I, how do you, uh, you if you don't know, Rick, that makes me nervous because if they say inspect it, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to inspect this uh, pen right now. I'm expecting the looks pen. Looks good to me. But what does that mean? I mean <laughs> it looks great. Well, you run into a wall. To yeah. me, the only way to inspect an airbag to see if it's working would be to 
to deploy it, to yeah, detonate what, it. And then, and, then and you got to buy a new airbag. Depo- right. It's Howard, another great question. Now, now, all the people out there in, in the world listening to this radio broadcast and this uh, stream, what do, you know, manufacturers, if you're going to ask somebody to inspect something, you need to tell them how to inspect it. I don't believe that visually there's any way, I think Rick just said this, visually there's no way to tell if an airbag. It sounds to me like it's a way to get you off the hook liability-wise, CYA, hey, tell the dealers, to tell the consumer to have it inspected. Uh, and then if, it, then if it doesn't work, say, well, you didn't have it inspected right, but nobody ever told anybody yeah. how to inspect it. Uh, uh, Rick, <laughs> on the other side of the coin here, could it be possible in the future to inspect a Takata airbag, uh, the, the detail of it, the technical, the mechanical, without deploying it, like you said? Uh, can this become something of the future? I don't know. Computer models. No, there is no way. <laughs> well, I, I don't well, think there is. I, I think that's okay now because at the very end of the Auto Trader article, it says our suggestion is not to worry. So let's we can move on. Just kidding. That's what it says. <laughs> don't worry. It says if your car is manufactured in the middle, late 90s or later, we suspect your airbags will continue to keep you safe. Easy for you to say because you're not driving an old car. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is an issue, and it's it like is. it's an issue. I hate to say it because I don't, you know, I believe in minimal government interference. But if there ever was a job for mandatory, the federal government, mandatory replacement, mandatory replacement, yeah. or or a viable inspection method in our nuclear arsenal, um, they don't blow up bombs anymore, and that's what an airbag is. They run expensive computer modeling simulations to see if the uh, yeah. if the nuclear weapons still explode. Yeah, we can't do that with airbags, yeah. so we got to replace them. Got to. Okay, there we go. Another one for the regulators and the federal government and the state governments. How much does it cost to replace them, Rick? Can you tell us? Um, probably a lot. I would say on the average vehicle, it's going to run probably twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, that's about right. Or more, and that would be on older vehicles. Newer vehicles, like uh, Earl, you're driving a Lexus LS five hundred. And I believe your car has something in the neighborhood of 13 different airbags. Mm-hmm. So take that 1,200 and probably multiply it by four or five. And you can see why they don't uh, tell you the truth about this, because it's impossible to do that. So now you have the dilemma uh, of our government regulating the sale of products, <clears throat> knowing that this product can last 20 years, but in 20 years the airbag may not work, and then they can require the airbag to be replaced, but who, who's driving a 20-year-old car well, that's going to be able to afford it? I don't know. I got a guy, uh, Joe, who just text, texted us. He says, I keep a 1998 mint condition, mint condition BMW convertible as my Florida car. Is the airbag, because of its age, dangerous? No. The answer is we don't know. Uh, the answer and is uh, the answer is it could be dangerous, yeah. and we don't know because uh, information there's no, not been any study. It's been ignored, and thanks to Howard's question and yeah. and your comment, yeah. Yeah. this is something the regulators and the legislators should do, along with a whole bunch of other stuff that they yeah. don't do because they're too busy lying to us to get elected. Exactly, everything's so vague. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. Is it the wave of the future where this will be brought, you know, to the forefront? And, Don't know. you know, uh, I mean, uh, they're not taking the uh, the recalls seriously. Good so stuff, Howard. Good stuff. Here Thank we you. are. Well, one other thing uh, before I go. Um, my nephew has a, uh, a Cobalt. I think it's a Chevy. 1985. It has only one airbag on, on the driver's side. 
uh, I told him to get rid of the car, and he refused to do it. That should be dangerous. A 1985 Cobalt with one airbag on the driver's side. And yeah. Why didn't they make the airbag on the passenger yeah. side? That's yeah, that's almost 40 years why, did, why do they make cars without airbags at all? I mean, it's a lot of it, the, the dealers were crying bloody murder, and I was crying. You talk about a recovering car dealer. I can remember very well. And I was a Pontiac dealer, and they came out with this ridiculous thing that they had to have airbags. We lobbied against it, the National Automobile Dealers, the Federal Automobile Dealers Association. It's, they're crazy. It's going to drive the, car, the price of a car so high, nobody will be able to buy a car. We did the same thing with seatbelts. Yeah. Seatbelts? Are you out of your mind? Nobody's <laughs> going to lock themselves, it, strap themselves in a car. It's going to imply the car is unsafe. Yeah. Exactly. So it's progress, intelligence, education, and we're finally at the point now where we're educated and aware, and we look back on some of the things that we did a few years ago, and it's insanity. Well, they should have a system where if you don't put the seatbelt on, the car doesn't start. There's yeah. no such uh, thing. Right? Easy to do, right? right? Yeah, they should. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and okay. just to speak to the technology of it, that 1985 car, when airbags first were being installed in these cars, uh, there were people that died because of the airbag. And I remember reading of one case in particular where a woman was driving into work on a snowy day. She drove into an, a deep drift and the impact caused the airbag to go off and it struck her in the chest hard enough that it killed her. Yeah. And because it was a weekend, they didn't find her until Monday morning. I mean, it was... Yeah. But it, it's the technology has increased now from one airbag on the driver's side to an airbag on the driver's side, one on the passenger side. There's airbags for your knees, airbags for the side of the vehicle, the curtain airbags, <laughs> the roof? Uh, in the roof, in the seats. For the passengers in the back seat, there are airbags that actually come out behind their knees on some cars wow. to push them back into the seat so that you don't lunge forwards in a crash. <laughs> There, there are airbags everywhere. It's getting to the point where, um, if you remember the movie, I think it was Judge Dredd, or was it Demolition Man? Man? Demolition Man, where the a, car turned into a yeah, it, well, filled with a foam that quickly solidified and you know that yeah. pushing yeah. you from the impact. well, not not to beat this to death, but there's technology being worked on now where they're going to be using external airbags, and that uh, makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? So instead of having yourself inconvenienced and smacked in the face and the chest uh, when you hit something, well, the airbags outside the car, and you're just like in a big giant. Uh, giant tennis ball. And does it does it protect the uh, the body exterior of the vehicle? From I'm, I'm not sure. Well, Alan's not going to like that. Howard, you really started a firestorm here. <laughs> yeah. What a great question. Okay. okay, thank you. Have a good day. You too, thank you, Howard. Howard. Give us too. a call again. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And I know that Stu is raring to I'm go. I'm chomping. Chomping <laughs> at the bit. Champing at the bit. All right, this is uh, from youranonymousfeedback.com. Good morning. When will Toyota get the dynamic guidelines for the backup cameras? Um, it appears Toyota is one of the few manufacturers which does not offer dynamic guidelines. Thank you, and hope... All of you have a great good day. Well, thank you. Uh, the dynamic guidelines are those uh, computer-generated um, lines that appear on the screen when you're backing up um, using a backup camera, and it shows you uh, where the uh, where your car is and where it's going. Um, Toyota actually does on on I think most, if not all, of their models with the backup camera do do have guidelines, but. 
Um, there is a whole range of guidelines that are available out there in the industry, like some. Um, there are some to just show the, where your rear bumper is, so you can see where it's, if you're, you're going to run into something. Some of them, like I mentioned earlier, will show even show you where your front wheels are going to be going, so if you're backing out of a parking space, you can avoid swinging the, the wheel too far one way or another and hitting the car mm -hmm. next to you. So um, um, usually you spend more. It's a more expensive car or more expensive uh, option package to get the more extensive guidelines, but most of them have yeah, them. Yeah, Lexus has it. That's made by Toyota. Yeah. And I think eventually... Uh, like you say, it comes down from the luxury from the luxury cars to the yeah, it medium trickles, price. Yeah, trickles down to us peons eventually. So, yes. yeah. Uh, the next one, also on your anonymous feedback, um, hello. Why does Toyota put Corolla um, in front of some models when introducing a model? For example, the Corolla Tercel, the Corolla Matrix, and then um, and then the Corolla is dropped in later models. Um, I don't know the actual uh, answer to that. I do know that, um, well, Rick might, but I know like back in the 70s when they came out with the, the Celica, they became the Celica Supra. And um, I guess if it's successful, maybe it launches its own standalone model. Don't know. I, I think what Toyota does is they started off as like a child of that car. Like the Solara was originally the, the Camry, Camry Solara. Solara. Right. The Corolla, which has spawned multiple versions. Yeah. And what they do is if that model adjustment of the Corolla, if that version of it starts to take off, they actually make it into its own individual model. So it's just a, a naming thing. It's like evolution. Yeah. Okay, let's move on here. Uh, next one. Uh, I'm not sure if you're all aware, the Toyota Echo was called the Toyota Yaris outside the United States. Thank you. Love the show. Didn't know that. I didn't know that either. There's a lot of strange models. When I do travel, Nancy and I sometimes will see Toyotas with strange names, and we'll see Toyotas that we ne never knew existed because yeah. uh, they build models in different countries that you never see in the United States. Yeah, uh, in China, there's a lot of strange models, Europe, uh, and, and Japan, too. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, we just step back and go, wow. Yeah. Excuse me, um, the, uh, what's your name again? My name is Stu. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to go to Doug and uh, Ollie. They've been waiting to uh, speak to us. I haven't heard from that cat in a long time. <laughs> hey, he's Doug. A, he's a cool cat. <laughs> he is. Hey, <laughs> hey, guys. What's up? Um, well, I was just going to complain about bad drivers. and I mean, I've never seen it as bad as this. Tis the season. And, yep. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, going on 95 now, I'm literally petrified because of the way people are driving. And, and because, you know, I'm a musician. I travel a lot to mm -hmm. um, the places to perform. And Jim and I are always like, oh, my God, look at what that guy did. Hey, yeah. look at what he crossing over five lanes of traffic. Yeah. And, and these kids on the motorcycles, absolutely insane. Oh, my God. I was just going to say that. I mean, uh, a couple kids killed in this area. I've seen two deaths on motorcycles in the past week. Uh, and I see them on these kids on I-95. I mean, I have to admit, I speed on 995 because I have to. If I didn't, I'd be I'd be hitting the rear. So if I'm going uh, uh, 65 in the 55 zone, these kids on the motorcycles will pass me like I'm standing still. Mm -hmm. They got to be doing a hundred or more. Oh, absolutely. And then they do that thing where they lift up their bike and put it straight up in the air. And it's yeah. Like, really? Wow. So everybody, be careful. Um, 
I try to avoid 95, but you can if you're trying to get, you know, south or north. Sure. You know, I, the last few days, I felt like I had a target on me. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I had the other day going to pick up my daughter from dance. Three times, people almost ran into me just out of the, not even paying attention. Yeah. But, you know, it's good for the economy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the texting, too. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. But yeah. people, I saw this one woman, she was putting makeup on while on 95. Unbelievable. And Ollie, when he saw that, Ollie, when he saw that, he went, <laughs> hey Doug, did you see that thing that's going around the internet? There is a cat. It's the currently the most famous cat video out there now. They call it the Country Cat because uh, it shows a cat who looks he's he's scared of the vacuum cleaner, hides behind a cabinet, and then the camera comes around and the cat goes sees the camera and goes, "Well, hi." <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, just look search Country Cat on YouTube. Ollie will love it. <laughs> well, you know, maybe he just thinks that the vacuum cleaner sucks. I <laughs> uh, love a good pun. You know, Doug, uh, to your point about being on 95 and the woman that you saw putting on makeup, it's just amazing yeah. what you can see whenever you're just driving around, not even on 95. Uh, uh, men and women, they're both guilty, and it is just crazy uh the only thing that i haven't seen is somebody uh, scrambling eggs uh, uh when they're behind the wheel <laughs> and pouring their coffee it's funny i don't see any of those things because i keep my eyes on the road at all times blinders yeah do you okay don't tell on me i'm looking at my google maps i confess he's got that google map going on i'll tell you what Love my and, google map. And, and we have a special opening in the back seat where i climb into the trunk where i think it's somewhat safe. safe exactly <laughs> the cocoon. you call it the cocoon yeah there you go weekend. doug it's always great, great to hear from you, you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We're going to go straight to Frank, and he's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Frank. Been a while. What's up, Frank? Yo, Frank. Hello. Hi. Hello. I haven't talked to you for a while. I know. What's up? uh, When you were talking about the high beams and all that, the headlights, my, my new RAV4 that I got from you guys, I didn't realize it for a few weeks. My high beam is always on when I'm oh. on automatic. And it's a great thing when it senses light, it goes yeah. to normal. I was a little uncomfortable with that feature at first. No, but it's great. It is, it yeah. better vision. No, no, it's great. I was I'm usually because I'm thinking, is it really going to turn off in time, or am I going to momentarily blind the oncoming driver? Yeah. But it's pretty good. It, it senses a light coming and it turns off and on when you need it. It's great. Yeah, it turns off plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point that out. I think all cars should come like that. Oh yeah. And, and, and only automatic. No, no option to shut it off. If you're going to rob a bank, go buy an old car. <laughs> or put duct tape on the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's my comment for today. Well, thank you, Frank. Uh, you know, I think it, we've had a more productive show, I think, thanks to 
comments like that where we're talking to the regulators and legislatures. I hope it's not totally deaf ears, but we talked about some important things. Lights being on all the time. Uh, there should be a life, lifespan of airbags recognized and, and enforced by law. Replacement or uh, a viable inspection. And we, we've, we've done a lot of good. We, we, maybe uh, we're talking about having a guest on next week's show. Maybe we can have a legislator, somebody, a good. senator or good representative. Yeah. We've Very done that idea. before. We yeah. had Carl Domino came on, a state legislator. Yeah. We actually had a debate. It was during an election year. We had a yeah. challenger, and it got a little nasty. <laughs> yeah. So all you all you legislators out there and your regulators, Rick is currently going to have a vacation, finally. He's going to take some time off. And we thought we could fill Rick's spot in temporarily just for a while with a guest. So how about a legislator out there, somebody in the Florida Senate or the U.S. Senate or Congress or representatives, uh, any kind of a, you know, even a local rep. Uh, I, I want regular. the attorney general here. Yeah, or the attorney general. That'd be great. <laughs> it you would know. indeed. And who's that again? <laughs> that is uh, Mooney. Mooney. Mooney, come on the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Okay. Thank you so much, Frank. We're going oh. straight to Randy in Toronto. Oh, boy. Hey, Randy. Welcome back from your holiday. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. I have a question regarding your article, the uh, the box, August 26th uh, of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a uh, talk show up here in Toronto on Saturdays, roughly the same time. It's put on by a, uh, a, a car uh, person who buys time. It's an infomercial, yeah. and he uses it to promote whatever dealership he's working at. Mm-hmm. Anyway... He was he was uh, on one of his shows. He was advertising that if you financed a used car, he, uh, you you would um, get a three night stay for, uh, from Toronto to <laughs> Miami, Orlando, or Las Vegas. Okay, a three nights airfare from Toronto to one of these cities. And when I called, when I tried to call in and question him, you know, uh, how does the dealer make money? Because he's always complaining dealers make no money on car dealers uh, on these deals. Uh, I was cut off. So can you, can you uh, <laughs> sh- 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 explain to me how uh, how he's making this profit? If you if I if you if you finance any used car purchase, yeah, it's um, and, uh, um, he, he's trying to get sorry, you uh, real quick. Yeah. He had one, and he had one more with snow tires. If you if you finance the used car, you'd get uh, fr- free, uh, free snow uh, tires. Four snow tires. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's doing something that um, you know they you know um, P.T. Barnum. There's a sucker born every minute. There's like, I think there's a sucker born every two seconds because a lot of these uh, incredulous uh, crazy claims actually bring people in to buy. Yeah. Uh, Future Look Kia down in, uh, over on the west coast of Florida does the same thing, offer yeah. cruises with every vehicle purchase. Yeah, yeah it's just you, you get these emails out of Nigeria that are so laughable, I even share them on Facebook. You and reply they, to them. and they, Yeah, I reply. They, they make these claims that are so absurd that you laugh at it, but you forget if they send out a million and they, do, they get a 1% return, that's what, 1,000 returns. Yeah. 
and uh, a thousand people, a thousand suckers out of a million. And you can make money that way. Uh, to give a free trip or free snow tires because you finance is because they make an obscene amount of money when they finance their car. car is, that, is, is, that, is that because of the box? If you go back to your article, uh, okay. in August 26th, the box. That's right. So what are they hoping for? They're, they're hoping to put you into the box? Into the box. They're going to... They're going to pound you into into, into submission. <laughs> is that is that the idea? Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much yeah. it. The average. Uh, let, let's talk about some facts and figures. There's Auto Nation. That's the largest retailer of cars. And I believe are they in Canada? Are they in Toronto? Randy, uh, Auto no. Nation. No. Uh, they're they're the largest uh, retailer. There's hundreds of dealerships all over the United States, and uh, their their single biggest source of profit is the box, is the finance. And the average profit is very close to $2,000, $1,986. Let's call it $2,000. They make $1,000 or less when they sell a car. In fact, AutoNation uh, and a lot of the other dealers are actually breaking even or losing uh, money in their new car departments, and they have to make the money in the finance department in order to survive. So. The finance is the single biggest source of revenue to car dealers, and a car dealer would gladly offer you a trip or a snow tire to get you to come in and put you in the box. Okay. Uh, I just want to say that everybody should be reading your articles, Earl. Uh, please uh, touch your articles more. Uh, people don't know how much of a, of a resource they are. Thank please, you. Please uh, uh, tout the, the articles. Uh, uh, it's a it's a tremendous resource to uh, consumers in Canada and and the U.S. Please tout that. All Thanks right. again. Thank you, Randy. I really appreciate the endorsement, and I'll do that. We don't give it out often enough. EarlOnCars.com, www.EarlOnCars.com. We have how many? Hundreds, hundreds. You can't even count. Oh. Start, yeah. uh, we have. Uh, let's see. It's twenty nine, almost twenty twenty now. I think we started uh, the blog in two thousand and five. So it's fifteen years worth of articles. Yeah, fifteen years no, article every week. Uh, EarlOnCars.com. Thank you, Randy, and I appreciate that endorsement very much. Yes, thank you. We're going to go straight to uh, Ricky in Melbourne. Good morning. Ricky, don't lose that number. Hi, Ricky. Can you hear us? Hi, uh, uh, yes. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. I uh, just wanted to uh, thank you guys first for uh, doing everything you guys do with all the advice on uh, cars and all. Thank you. And and uh, I'm glad you guys brought up that Kia store. I love the mystery shopping report. And um, I, I'll tell you, that Kia one nearly knocked me out of the chair. Uh, when you guys said um, the only way you get in that buyer's order is in your brand new Kia. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I binge watch those sometimes. But um, uh, but I had a question. I think uh, uh, the last caller might have maybe got it off the top of my head. It was actually about um, F&I. And I um, not really uh, haven't bought a car myself yet but i did accompany my father on many car purchases uh new car purchases and um i've noticed that is one of the most tooth pulling parts of it when you go to a traditional dealership and i'm not sure if you guys have already talked about it i hope it's not a repeat question but um just wanted to see your guys's thoughts on it and how you would improve it because i speak to a lot of my friends and 
um, just like you guys said, it's it's very um, intimidating, and a lot of people tend to have negative stereotypes about um, dealerships after leaving that process. Well, yeah, it's um, you know to actually go into the car dealership and go through the process. Um, requires a lot of study and practice and expertise. Um, I have a um, blog that I put out just recently. It's in today's, uh, uh, I'll hold this up for the camera. Um, It's in today's Florida Weekly, and it's also available at earloncars.com, www.earloncars.com. And uh, it's called uh, My Word Track for No Haggle, No Hassle Car Buying. And if you can, if you can uh, read this, and I, I hesitate to ask you to go into the dealership and try to remember all this. The best way to do it is pick your dealership and then use the um, email, uh, online conversation. And it gives you uh, um, one, two, three, four, eight steps. Uh, I won't read them all to you, but I'll just give you a little hint. It says... Dear car salesman, within the next two weeks, uh, uh, I will be purchasing uh, a new, I'll say Honda, fill in the blank, whatever you say, 19 or 2019 Honda Civic. You should carefully research the vehicle uh, that you decide to buy, and I go on like that. But I give it, it's really a tutorial, uh, eight steps, and if you follow this carefully in a dealership or talking to them on the phone or going online, if you rigidly adhere to this, word track for no haggle, no hassle car buying, it can be a pleasant, and uh, you can get a good price, pleasant experience with a good price. Uh, Thank you for that. And if I could ask one follow-up question. Oh, please, sure. Uh, Since uh, you guys always can be a nice intermediary between the consumer and the dealers, I kind of am a little lost about gap insurance, um, since it's certainly an add-on when you purchase the car. And um, would, would you guys care to explain on the differences of the dealer gap policy compared to the one that maybe your insurance company provides because i've read online sometimes they're different well gap you know it stands for it's guaranteed asset protection and it's just an insurance product that protects you in the event that you had your vehicle wrecked and totaled or stolen and not recovered and it it pays the difference between what you owe to the bank if you're financing the the vehicle and uh, what the actual value of the car is so it's a it's a good thing if it's a um, especially if you have a car that appreciates fast or if you didn't put any money down so I mean, the advice that we give for any insurance product is if you feel uncomfortable with the risk, then maybe you should consider it. Some people don't need it at all. Uh, There's been a problem recently um, with Gap being uh, forced on the consumers without them knowing that they're buying it. Um, Most leasing companies, as a matter of fact, if you lease a vehicle, the leasing company puts Gap insurance on it because they own the vehicle and they're trying to protect uh, uh, their asset. But... um, it's a good thing. Uh, typically, it costs between you know, $500, $600. Uh, I think it depends on the term. The best thing you can do, uh, and we'll see, this is kind of like we're beating the drum here, is 
just get competing quotes. You know, you can call yeah, there are different sources that. of gap yeah. insurance. And if you put a large down payment or had a trade-in and it. down payment uh, and you buy it, and especially if you buy a car with a high resale value, all these variables are important. And chances are you wouldn't need gap insurance yeah. if you have a, a significant trade-in down payment and you buy a high resale value car. We've had uh, people come to us uh, who bought deal, uh, cars at other dealerships where they had the in the box, uh, they sold them every available product they had, including um, gap insurance, where they had a, a trade-in with 100% equity or a large down payment, yeah. where in a million years they would never run into a scenario where they would need it. Yeah, one of the very reasons gap insurance isn't required is because those dealers that will add so much to a car that doesn't add value to the car. And if you pay for things like nitrogen in the tires and, and stripes and, and other things that do not enhance the value of the car, but you paid for it anyway, yeah. when you get ready to get your gap insurance or, you know, you're not, it's not going to, you know. That's a really good point because a lot of times banks will not will not even finance those things so yeah. you might put down a large down payment thinking that you might be protected and having equity in your car but really your down payment is going to pay for the uh, unnecessary stuff like the tent and the appearance packages that the banks won't finance at all so you might find out that you're in a negative equity situation yeah. down the road no I, uh, thank you guys uh, for answering all my questions and i hope you have a great rest of the week thanks ricky appreciate thanks. the call thank you ricky 877 excuse me 960-9960 and remember ladies i have 50 dollars left right here in the studio for our next lady new lady caller so give us a call and don't forget our text number 772 Four nine seven six five three zero. We're going to go right back to Stu. Okay, Anne Marie texted us. Uh, she said, "Good morning. My car is over six years old, and the driver's side seatbelt doesn't retract the way it did when the car was new. Is there a simple and or inexpensive fix for this, other than just making sure to put the belt behind the seat before I close the door?" Thanks for your help. Looking at you, Rick. Really, the only fix for that is replacement. It's really? there's there's a big spring inside the seat belt assembly and over time that spring metal starts to lose its tension from what's the warranty on uh, being wound up and released what's the warranty on seat belts uh most cars that i know are five years sixty thousand on seat belts but it may be eight year eighty thousand on some yeah Anne marie what i would recommend is that you insist and you strike me as a type of woman that can insist Go to your dealer and say this is a safety-related item, and even if it's not within the warranty, I want you to fix it. And I would you can take it to Goodwill or you can take it to the manufacturer, but I I demand that you fix my seatbelt. Safety items like that should not be held to warranty items. A, a safety item, they should be able to build a seatbelt that lasts for as long as the car lasts. I agree with that, 100%. Okay. Uh, about a year ago, uh, you guys were recommending rubbing a turnip on your headlights to prevent bugs from sticking to them. <laughs> you were going to test this. I missed the follow-up to that. What happened? I think we confused our tubers. Rick ate the turnip, and uh, we never did. <laughs> we're, we're confusing our root I vegetables. I love turnips. Yeah. Okay. It was a potato. Oh, potato. <laughs> and it was a windshield. Ah. And it was to like to create a Rain-X sort of rain-repellent effect. And well, I think uh, Rick did that, didn't we he? We did. Yeah. I, I honestly tried it. And then you ate the potato after you did it. <laughs> no. Okay. Cooked that thing right up and chowed down. But <laughs> no, you didn't do that. I, it, it didn't work. No, it, 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 it smeared. 
Um, no, potato is not the way to go. I remember it made a real mess. Yeah, I think the problem is you're supposed to be using a turnip. Uh, well, I prefer Rain-X. Okay. <laughs> you can't okay. make this stuff up. Okay, uh, Toyota makes more than half of all hybrid vehicles on the roads today. Why are they so behind when it comes to plug-in all-electric cars? Um, that's a good question. They made a mistake. Uh, yeah. You know, t- uh, all the manufacturers had to you know, make a decision years ago. Toyota made a, an ingenious decision in the late 90s when they said, hybrid. I'm going to build a hybrid. So in 1999, I think, they built the first hybrid, mm-hmm. and everybody laughed. And uh, I can remember the executive vice president of General Motors, name escapes me right now, uh, saying what a foolish thing, that Prius was a joke. And suddenly, Prius owned the world, and everybody said it's going to be all hybrids, Rick. 97 in Japan. 97. Yeah, yeah, we the got Prius it. got on the road. Yeah. But then uh, then Toyota said, okay, hybrids are going to be the name of the game forever. They got uh, caught up in their own success. And then others started talking about all electric vehicles. And then Toyota made another mistake and said, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll have a fuel cell car, hydrogen fuel cell. And, uh, and that didn't fly. And uh, suddenly the world has gone to electric and Toyota's playing catch-up. There's a thing called, known as, uh, economists call it the innovator's dilemma. Mm-hmm. And they have spent so much capital, so much time, yeah. invested so much in that thing that they're kind of married to that, to the, uh, to that technology. No. And then more competitors come along and they're trying to innovate to, to take that market share and you become the behemoth. The other thing is I do believe that the board of directors on Toyota is, I, I'm not going to know his name, but he's known as the father of the Prius. Mm-hmm. So there might be a little you know, bias in there with that guy thinking that's the direction they want Papa to go. Papa Prius. Papa Prius. Um, they might be forced to innovate, though, because I also read an article that said that China, and they didn't announce what year, but very soon, is going to ban the sale of combustion-powered uh, vehicles um, in, in China. At that point, and, chi- and Toyota sells a ton of uh, vehicles in China, they're going to be forced to come up with something mm-hmm. for the Chinese market. So uh, who knows? Down the road, they might be forced to, uh, to get real. There is something to be said for dictatorships, right? Exactly. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, next one. Well, another thing is also, I do believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you read more about this stuff than I do, Toyota has like some of the highest profit margins of any manufacturer out there. Yes. And right now I do know that like battery-powered electric vehicles aren't that power- powerful. They To keep it at a reasonable price point, they have mm-hmm. these expensive batteries, so maybe Toyota just doesn't want to uh, lose the money. Actually, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say so. Toyota has something else going for it. They really look to the long term, and uh, a lot of manufacturers uh, look to the 30-day cycle. Toyota looks to the 30-year cycle, yeah. but that doesn't make them always right. right, and they made a mistake with electric, but hey, they're catching up fast. And when you make as much money as Toyota does, they got a lot of money to play catch up. That's right. Okay, uh, next one says, why do you risk the employment status of salesmen at the dealerships you go into by using their names? Wouldn't pseudonyms be more appropriate? Well, that's an interesting question, not a bad question at all. Uh, I think that uh, we look, uh, maybe we're being uh, overly optimistic, we look at these mystery shopping reports as being something educational 
for uh, managers and dealers who truly care about ethical, transparent operations to learn. We mystery shop our own car dealership every week, two or three times. And, uh, and we found out, we find our salespeople that are doing things that we don't want them to do. And we coach them. We don't fire anybody. I mean, I guess we'd fire somebody. We, we have. Uh, we, oh, yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. That was a sexual harassment. Uh, no, that was a, uh, just a blatant lie to a, uh, to a customer, customer about, the Cos- about the Costco yeah, program. Yeah. But we, we try to coach and, and improve. And so we hope the other dealers that listen to these mystery shopping reports will know that Charlie did something bad or Charlie did something good, and it helps him um, manage the company. Um, if they, they doubted the veracity, the the uh, truth of the matter, uh, they could contact us, and we would be glad to discuss it with them. But we're trying to improve the overall operation of car dealerships all over, and we're trying to make it easier for the buyers to buy. But the way to do that is to make the car dealers uh, more user-friendly, more yeah. customer-friendly. And in the past, we have um, used a pseudonym if they said something that was directly against their employer. Something yeah. like that, that would be probably an automatic yeah. termination. But I understand your question. I'm not going to put you down for that question. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I I feel a little bit nervous sometimes when I mention salespeople's names. I will say this, in 17 years, I know of no salesperson that I heard about ever being fired. I would think that if a salesperson were fired because we named his name, I might hear about it, but I've never heard of it in 17 years on the radio. Yeah. And if they were fired for being honest, then then we would hire them. We would hire them. Yeah. In fact, we have called uh, uh, salespeople right, yeah. who uh, impressed us by their transparency and honesty, integrity, to see if we could hire yeah. them. Yes. All right. Uh, next one. This is Bob in Jupiter uh, texted us says, "Can you clarify with the Costco buying program? Is the entire dealer inventory a part of the program? Are only certain vehicles covered under the program?" Bob from Jupiter. Uh, Costco would like you to cover your entire inventory. Uh, There's some things about Costco we don't love, and there are certain models, uh, uh, high-demand, low-supply models, that the manufacturer will come out with. And the other dealers, uh, I'm speaking for our Toyota dealership right now, and this is how I know about this, and I am a a car dealer. because the other car dealers will hide their dealer-installed accessories and their hidden fees, they'll have multiple hidden fees, they can post a price on Costco and deceive the customer because the most times when the Costco customer goes in the dealership, they don't deal with the Costco-appointed representative, they don't look for the, the Costco price invoice that they should look for, they don't ask about the hidden fees, and they don't ask about the uh, dealer-installed accessories. So these dealers can afford to take a high-demand, low-supply car, advertise it at a price that he, that dealer, knows will be enhanced by his hidden fees and his dealer-installed accessories, and we cannot do that. So. We hesitate uh, sometimes to put prices on cars. We will hold cars off Costco from time to time. Yeah. We, it's, it's just if you price them a certain way, if it doesn't meet, it doesn't fall in the range that they say it just won't appear on the site, yeah. then they'll send a threatening uh, email to us saying your car is priced too high yeah. and we'll make a decision at that point. And that's a very good question. And it's something that's uh, a negative on the Costco auto buying program uh, because they don't fully appreciate and understand how people buy cars. They need to go and actually walk the talk 
and go with the consumer and just follow them through the process of trying to buy a car and the Costco Auto Buying Program. And you have to, it is so rigorous and detailed that if you skip or trip, uh, the, the dealer can take advantage of it and sell you the car way over the price. That's okay. right. The Costco price. Here's our last text. Uh, How do you get cigarette smoke out of a car? I bought a used Civic that smelled great when I bought it, but about a month later, the smoke smell appeared. A difficult question. We we have a sublet company that we uh, have come in to, uh, what do they do, Rick? We actually use, as crazy as this sounds, ServPro, the company that does the uh, fire and water damage for your home repairs. And they will come in and basically... Uh, they do like some sort of an oxidation yeah. thing in in the car. Give, give me the name of that company again. Serve Pro, S E R V E P R O. S E R V E. Yeah, if you have a fire in your house or a flood, they come Serve and they Pro. clean it up. They're yeah. like a. Yeah. They probably do crime scenes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that they they can clean up the messes that. Um, a lot that of us we can't. don't want to touch, but yeah, <laughs> smoking, heavy smoke in cars yeah. is a really, that's tough. It's well, really well, hard. When they get the, the smell out, does it come back or once they get it out, it's out? From what I've heard, once they get it out, it's gone. What's they, the cost? That I don't know. Yeah. We had vendors that came by the, to the dealership. There are different, you know, supposed technologies that they use. Like there was one... Um, I think is, is the name was Mr. Wizard, and there was like a, a like a fog or a mist. I know like, Mr. Wizard. Well, not the guy on the TV show. This is other. Oh. Who, by the way, bought a car from us. He moved to Mexico. Just moved back. But uh, oh. uh, so Mr. Wizard had a machine that he put in the car and it fumigated the car. Uh, then there was an. I might be confusing them. There was another one that used like some sort of ozonator, like it was another machine that but went Servco in the car. But Servco is the one we use now. Yeah, they're yeah. like a serious um, national outfit, and yeah. I think um, I mean. Typically, I think a dealer um, who actually cares about selling decent cars mm-hmm. yeah. on their used cars, if, on a really bad smoke car, I hate to say it, the best way to deal with that is to send it to the auction and don't retail that car. Because when it's thick, when it's really bad, it's really so hard you to just, get. So you could just spray a little uh, uh, home. Yeah, I think, I think if you buy a car that's going to come back, they're perfuming it, they're using Febreze or some sort yeah. of temporary fix. Yeah, um, but, you know, I can't vouch. I don't of, know. You know, there's all yeah. sorts of kind tricks of uh, car dealers use when they send cars to auction. And uh, you can, uh, if you have an oil leak, there's stuff you could put in stop leak or something. Yeah. And, and it'll temporarily stop it from yeah. leaking. And you can, uh, when people, when you, you talk about buyer beware, when a car dealer buys a car at auction, he has really, really got to know what he's doing because it's one dealer pitted against yeah. dealer. As long as it lasts for for a day, yeah. um, you're good. Back uh, when I was a used car manager, I was told uh, you take a half of an orange, you cut an orange in half, you dip it in ground coffee, put it on a paper towel on the on the floor, and leave it overnight, and then it'll get rid of cigarette smoke. Huh. That don't work. Uh, Rick, uh, my question is uh, in regards to the company you were talking about. Uh, could that be, uh, could SurfPro uh, eliminate mold inside the car? Uh, as That's well as actually cigarette? our number one, what we number one have them for mm-hmm. is when you get water leaks inside the car and the water gets into, down in the carpet, it, it starts getting that mold and mildew odor. And rather than replace the entire interior of the car, we clean up the mold and mildew, bring in ServPro, and they get rid of the odor that has worked its way into like the headliner, the seats and the carpeting. And those cars are 
like brand new. Well, we should is, be getting a referral that, fee from Serpro. I mean, we're we're drumming up a lot of business. And if you go directly to Serpro, it'll probably be cheaper than what we call them. Uh, yep. We charge because we probably mark it up. Well, we we do it for in warranty cases. We have okay. them for warranty concerns Rick, and uh, insurance. Is there an expir- yep. uh, expiration date on that? Is that permanent? Do you ever have anybody come back and say to you, "Hey, listen, uh, you know, you eliminated my mold smell, but after a month, it's right back." We haven't had anyone return with that, no. so it's okay. it's pretty permanent. Very good. As far as we know, yeah. Uh, I have a text, and uh, it's from Jennifer. And uh, Jennifer recently purchased a vehicle, and she noticed in her contract that she paid for nitrogen. And uh, she wants to know uh, why. Why are car dealers still doing something like this? She paid over $500 for nitrogen. Can't she go back to the dealership and tell them, ask them to prove that they put nitrogen in her tires. Well, um, nitrogen was proven worthless by Consumer Reports, and a lot of car dealers sell it to make a profit. Uh, They may even be, I started to say I was gonna be funny, I said I can answer that, and I was gonna say because they're lying, cheating thieves. But I believe believe they're probably car dealers that have been um, fooled. Uh, there's quite a the nitrogen companies that sell nitrogen to the dealers. They've got quite a pitch, and they'll tell you that NASA uses uh, nitrogen in their race car tires, and that um, or NASA in the space, space shuttle, yeah. and then then and uh, NADA or the yeah, the race cars, uh, airline airplanes uh, that fly at high altitudes have nitrogen in the tires. And they really do a good selling thing. The the point is that for the use of an automobile driving on the highways. Nitrogen is worthless, and Consumer Reports has proven that, and that's all I need to say. Yeah, and you can even go to Costco, and that's their way to get you right back. And I believe, what is it, 25 cents uh, that they charge? Costco probably uh, believes that uh, nitrogen is a good thing, and they're wrong. But that's okay. I mean, uh, but we advise all the people that listen to Earl on Cars, do not buy nitrogen, certainly for 500 bucks. Because you already have nitrogen in your tires. Yeah, 78% yeah, of the air you breathe. In the, air. the air that goes in so your tires is nitrogen. So it's silly to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, sorry for that. Uh, I can uh, advise you that maybe going back to the dealership and arguing your case, you may be able to get uh, you know some of that money back. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but good luck and stay in touch. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I think we're going to go to Rick now. He's got a few uh, response on YouTube. I've got one from uh, Guy Larrabee from YouTube. He says, the only reason we have airbags is because people were negligent putting on their three-point seatbelts. Why not delete the airbags completely? And Guy, the the best answer is that airbags were originally intended to be used in conjunction with the seat belts, not as a replacement. And even today, it is you are warned, if you do not wear a seat belt, airbags can actually become more dangerous than good. So folks, keep the airbags in your car, 
but always, always wear your seatbelt when you're driving the car. Yeah, I don't think uh, today's modern airbags, especially you described uh, the airbags in the most advanced cars today, multiple airbags. I think you said my Lexus had 13 airbags or something like that. Uh, uh, the safety of those airbags is so far beyond the safety of a seatbelt. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's a seatbelt is a dinosaur. Uh, it has to be used in conjunction. They're designed to be used in conjunction. But if you were in a car today with just seat belts and no airbags, and you were in a serious accident, there would be no comparison. You'd be you'd be a debtor and a doornail yeah. without the airbags. Yeah, some of the the airbags are, are just designed to prevent injury, like the the knee airbag. I mean, you could live but yeah. have both your legs broken, even with the seatbelt on. Yeah, exactly. All right, here's one. This might be a follow-up from what we were talking about earlier. This is uh, from Kevin in Chicago. It says, hello, Earl. How do I retain the new car scent in my vehicle forever? Forever. Forever. Nothing lasts forever, Nothing Kevin. Nothing lasts forever. Um, well, you could probably get freshly injection molded plastic things to put in your car and, and just breathe the off-gassing. You know, I read somewhere. Here's something for you Googlers <laughs> out there. I read somewhere that the new car scent was... Uh, was dangerous, yeah, toxic. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what I was I was kidding around. But oh. the, um, yeah, whenever you have a freshly molded plastics and polyesters and all the stuff that's The fabrics in the, and the carpeting. Yeah, it's, um, uh, some people get headaches from it. Some people uh, associate it with a new car and the emotional mm -hmm. experience of buying a car, so they, they like it. You can buy a spray, I think, like at Pet Boys, right? Some kind of... And, and do you remember Scotchgard? Yeah, uh, aka Toyo Guard. Remember, uh -huh. don't they still have Scotch Guard? Yeah, well, do. yeah, but Change the original formula. Scotch Guard product, as I recall it, when you put that on seats, it would almost get a nutty smell, and it, it would it mm. was it was very odd. But yeah. I drink a Scotch that has a nutty smell. Yeah, oh, the Macallan. Oh. It's a peaty, peaty nice. All right. Yes. Okay. We digress. Um, uh, yes, you can get a you can get a, um, a spray. You can buy a car every other year. Uh, those are the ways you can have that smell forever, but it's probably not good for you. Um, Jonathan in Wellington says, um, asks, what is the incentive for a salesperson to be a Costco representative for a particular dealership? Well, that's a good, that's a very good question. Uh, and, uh, it's funny, you know, I, I, the reason I love callers and texters because I have, they make me think. The uh, profit on a Costco deal is virtually nil. Uh, the prices are so good, and Costco hammers the dealers to keep the prices down. And they actually bring them down to a, in the net effect, and I use the word specifically net effect, a losing proposition. Mm -hmm. if, if a car dealer makes uh, $500 on a car in what we call gross profit, I'm talking inside talk now, gross profit. That dealer lost money, net profit. And if he could send you to continue to sell those cars making only $500, he would go out of business because he has overhead. He has semi-fixed and fixed expenses that would actually cause him to go bankrupt. So he has to sell the cars for more money. Costco dictates to the car uh, dealers that they sell a car at such a low price that the salesman doesn't make a very good commission on them. They probably are paid by the dealer a what we call a flat commission. Instead, if I sold a car to Rick and Rick was a layaway and he comes into the dealership and I sold him a car, I can make easily, not always easily, but sometimes I might make $4,000 on that car. 
And if I get sell a record car and I make a four thousand dollar profit, I'm a salesman. I get twenty five percent of that. I make a thousand dollars when I sell a record car. Thousand dollars. Now, if Rick comes in and buys a car on the Costco program and I stick to the rules, then I might make a flat amount. It could be a hundred dollars. If they were very generous, 150, maybe only 50. So I, I don't want to sell that car to Rick because I'm making so little. I might even, if I were a Costco salesman, I might even try to not go through with the program. And if I certainly was not a Costco identified uh, representative, I would definitely not go along with the program. So these are all the realities of the Costco auto buying program that Costco appears to be unaware of. So you have to be so totally rigorous when you go through the process. Um, I didn't mean to get carried away there, but it's, it was a great question. Costco salespeople, representatives, don't make enough money when they sell a car to a Costco member. Typically, like when we mystery shop, uh, the Costco representative isn't like a typical floor, you know, like the salesperson you see waiting out in front of the showroom. They're in the internet sales department or the, yeah. uh, they call it the BDC, which is the uh, the business development center where they're, they're looking for found business, I guess, yeah. just trying to drive volume. So I guess that's part of the whole. That's you know, part of it. But yeah. the Costco rule says, and if the dealer adheres to the rules, which they don't, but if the dealer adheres to the rules, Costco requires that they sell the car at a lower price than they do to anyone else. So even if you're an internet salesperson, the profit that you make normally to a non-Costco member is greater than the amount that you make to a Costco person. So there could be a tendency to compensate the salesperson less, yeah. even on an internet oh, yeah, sale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, even at dealerships that pay on a commission will have like volume bonuses. So maybe that's an incentive. Like, well, yeah. I get, it's just a, they call it a mini. Yeah. And they might not make much money, but it counts to a, another bonus. Yep. All right, here's a really uh, good one. <laughs> if you, I, I can't wait on this one. Okay. This one's too good. <laughs> In 1985, you ripped off my mother when she bought a Grand Am. I came and asked you to give her a break and take the car back. You refused to come downstairs and speak with me. That's what the lady said. That's the reason I'm a recovering car dealer. I remember your mother. No, I'm you only don't. kidding. No, you don't. I'm no, only don't. kidding. No, that, uh, you know, shamefully, uh, I probably did. Uh, and I say I, I don't think it was me personally, but it was my dealership, Stuart Pontiac on South Dixie Highway. And uh, I did business the old-fashioned way. And when I sold cars the old-fashioned way, it was to make as much money on every car as I could. And if uh, customer A came in and I could make a $2,000 profit, I would do it. If customer B came in on the same car, if I could make a $4,000 profit, I would do it. We made a lot of money on some people and very little money on other people. That's the absurdity of the old way that car dealers do business today. And uh, your mother could have been one that we made a lot of money on because she wasn't uh, able to uh, fend for herself and understand what was happening. And my salesperson probably made as much money as he could when he sold her the car and that's what he gets paid for. I probably patted him on the back and maybe even gave him a plaque. We had a plaque uh, uh, that we would give to custom, uh, our salespeople. It was called a slam dunk. Is that what it was called, Stu? That was a slam dunk, yes. A slam dunk. $4,000. If we made, made $4,000 on a customer, that was a. Well, hold on. There's more to it. That's on the front and that's on the sale. That yeah, didn't count the money on, you made it in the box. Exactly, right. in the box. And we made more in the box. So. 
I sinned, uh, forgive me, and I don't do it anymore. And uh, I was a, I was not a good person in my mind. I recall mind. the stairs, and they definitely have been demolished. Yes. So yeah. we're, we all we all apologize for that way of selling cars. Yes. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Jessica, and uh, Stu, did you have another? No, no, no. So, okay. No, I will. <laughs> okay. Later. Uh, uh, Jessica is uh, asking, how can I get the best deal on a car loan? Uh, well, I'll answer that first, uh, Jessica. And uh, I would suggest to you that you apply to multiple lenders. And uh, that would be your local bank, uh, uh, your credit union. And uh, this here will well, put you ahead of the game, and then you can move on from there and contact uh, some other sources. Now I'll turn it over to the recovering car dealer. That's exactly the right answer. And uh, the bank that you do business with uh, personally, I mean, your checking account, your savings account, uh, they're generally a good bank to always get a loan from. Uh, and then your credit union, even if you are not a member of a credit union, you can join a credit union. Credit unions typically have lower rates uh, on financing than banks do. Uh, I'd get maybe one or two more. Absolutely. Uh, uh, once in a great while, a car dealer will have a better deal than the credit union or the bank. Once, once in a great while. That's when the manufacturer has an incentivized special low interest rate. And you see these advertised as 0% financing or 1% or something like that. And when that happens, and it's sponsored by the manufacturer, it is a legitimate deal. And the only time I would offer to uh, finance with the dealer is when I had incentivized financing. Also, I'll add to this, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but uh, go for a, a four-year loan or less, no more than that. You're going to get yourself into high cotton if you do. That's right. Also, be aware when you have 0% manufacturer financing, that opens up an opportunity. They put a harder sell on you. Well, you're not paying any interest. You got to buy the warranty. Well, mm -hmm. it's just a, uh, yeah. yeah. And the most important thing when you're purchasing a car, please buy something that you know you can afford, not just today, but for the future, because that loan, four years, I want to tell you, you've got to be sure you purchase the right car and it's within your means. A lot of people make that mistake. I hope I answered your question. And we are going to go to Bob, who's been holding, and he's calling from Minnesota. Hey, Bob, what's up in Minnesota, other than uh, snow? Yes. Very, very cold. Yes. Cold, cold this week, below zero, so I'm yeah. waiting for it. Wow. Well, got well, a question on uh, Toyota Highlander 2020. I was told it was supposed to be coming out to dealerships in December, and I've seen nothing of it. I'm just wondering, are they oversupplied on the 19th? Is that why, or is there a problem with the vehicle? Uh, no, there's not a problem with the vehicle. Um, I think the first allocations are happening now, so they're, they're inbound. So it will probably be later this month when we see the first ones. Um, I don't think the hybrid, the hybrid will come a little bit later, but um, as far as I know, there's no delay. Um, and, and, and if they have a launch planned, um, it doesn't matter how many uh, remaining you know, 2019 models. They'll, they'll, they'll incentivize those more. Uh, there'll be more bigger rebates and you know better financing things, but uh, they're still coming. And how long do I have to wait in order to get a, a special deal on the car? High at the beginning, of course, and 
Are you well, talking three months before they get the prices down a little bit? Or? Well, I'm going to ape Earl's uh, advice. I think wait. That's what I'm going to suggest, especially because it's a brand. It's a complete redesign, and so you know some of the issues haven't won't, will be shaped. The question was, yeah. how long should he wait? Oh, uh, well, I'll let you answer that. No, I, I would say uh, yeah, conservatively 30 days, but I would start looking right away, and I would uh, use online searches and check prices online with other dealers. Uh, you'd be surprised uh, how quickly they do discount cars. Some vehicles, uh, some dealers will discount cars sooner than others. Yeah. Uh, larger dealers typically um, that have a larger supply allocation uh, will tend to discount them more sometimes than small dealers. I've only got one Highlander. I'm not going to discount it, but I've got 10, but I might discount a couple of them. But uh, online and just keep on checking. Look at the Costco. Look at the true car price. And... Uh, and you'll you'll know when it'll probably be no longer than thirty days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a user of YouTube quite a bit for research, and they have a lot of people reviewing vehicles. Yeah. And they usually get these ahead of time, and there's been no discussion about the Highlander, so that's why I was wondering too, because they get them before we see them. So. It's always a good idea to get a few people that uh, have had experience with them because the new models, when something comes out, there's bugs in them, and uh, whether it's a Toyota or a Chevrolet. And Consumer Reports advises that you don't buy a car in the first when there's a major changeover in the the model. Wait till the next year. Wait for the 2021. Uh, But uh, a lot of people just like to have the new model. But you are going to have a greater risk of bugs. Well, very good. I appreciate your program, and uh, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bob. Stay Thanks, warm. Bob. It looks like the uh, the soonest yep, ones were about 11 days out before the, the first one. 11 days, yeah. yeah. Okay, where are we on? Uh, how about oh, anonymous uh, feedback? Have we had any of those? Just the three uh, earlier this morning, and uh, so we're caught up on text and everything. Okay, I thought there was well, an older year. anonymous feedback that, uh, did you? I'm going to see if I can find one. You'll look back. I think it was one after the show last week. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Mary Elizabeth from Pennsylvania, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and she asked how often she should check the pressure in her tires. Well, that is a pet peeve of mine, and Mary Elizabeth, I check the pressure in my tires a lot. I check it, well, maybe um, two or three times a month. That might be a little bit too much. But um, you'd be surprised. That maintenance on your tires, it means so much in the time, uh, the longevity of your tires, the amount of gas that you use. There is uh, so many reasons to check the pressure in your tires. And I'll turn this over to Rick. Uh, You hit it on the head. The cost of gasoline that you'll save, plus the cost of the tires by making your tires last longer. Uh, tires are expensive, and so saving that money where you can, and it only takes a few minutes to check your tire pressures and bump them up and keep them where they ought to be. Yeah. L- I recommend at least twice a month. Oh, okay, great. And also, I, I stay away from gas stations. I don't really, there's so much traffic uh, in the gas station, and they use these pumps, uh, air pressure pumps, and I, I really don't think that there is uh, is is good to use as your own. Well, buy, buy a good quality pressure gauge, tire pressure gauge, a good high quality one. Use that gasoline pump or whoever to put air in it, fill it up quite a ways, and then just bring it back down using your gauge to make sure you get it to the level you want. 
Great idea. Hope I, have, we I, have, you. I have a question for the auto manufacturers of the world. Why in this high-tech 21st century haven't you come up with a way where we don't have to crawl around on our hands and knees and measure the pressure in our tires and then stand in line somewhere to get something to put air in our tires? Why don't you come up with a damn tire that doesn't need to have air added all the time? Or if it does, have it where the air is added automatically from the car. There's air all over the place. And you just take the air, you compress it, stick it in the tire. There's got to be a way. And people will pay for anything, right? Uh if I'm buying a Rolls Royce or a Bentley, start out with Rolls Royce. I mean, add an extra hundred grand. I don't, you know, yeah. if I'm going to buy a, if I'm going to pay five hundred thousand for a Bentley, I'll pay six hundred thousand, and I'll never have to add. Rick knows. Rick knows. One of the things that they're working on right now are airless tires. Mars where it's actually tires. Yeah. going to be a honeycomb pattern yeah. inside. Yeah. Yeah. And these tires, actually, this is this is the part I love. Yeah. Instead of taking that tire off and throwing it in a pile for junk, yeah. they'll take that tire off, send it back to simply have more material added, uh. 3, 3D printed right back on it, and then regrooved and put right back on another car. But will the ride be smooth? That's yes. w- that's the part they're working yeah. on with and, that honeycomb pattern. And different pattern people like different kind of rides. You know, we <laughs> you can you know depending on the tire you buy. With anyway, it's just to me convenience, user friendly. Uh, build it, and they will come. This is where we solve all the problems of the we auto industry. You know, if we had the manufacturers <laughs> listening to us, yeah. but they don't care, right? Yeah, we should okay. call this the think tank. Okay, one more tip, Mary Elizabeth, uh, that I find helpful is that you. Check the pressure of your tires when they're cold. That's number one. And please check all four tires. I hope that we helped you out today. Okay. All five tires. If you have a spare. Don't forget the spare. Well, they're getting rarer, more and more rare. Um, I got a text that just came in. It's an update from, uh, from last week. Actually, from October. Um, update on the 2018 RAV4 with the tires wearing unevenly. After fighting with the dealer for two months, they finally agreed to put four new tires and check the alignment for free. Wow. The alignment was off by a lot in the front. Round of applause. Exactly. Fantastic. Success story. Okay, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have uh, closed our lines, just in case you're trying to call, because we have the mystery shopping report coming up. But you can still text. Yeah. And uh, you can uh, expect to hear from... Uh, the mystery shop of Toyota of Hollywood. So stay tuned for that. And also, don't forget that you can read Earl's latest column, Competition, Car Dealer's Achilles Heel, and so many more columns. Unless you're reading Florida Weekly. uh, That you can uh, check out in the hometown news. And we've got the Florida Weekly and uh, the latest column there, Word Track for No Hassle, No Haggle, car buying so uh, pick those two up or go to earl and cars and you can find all the columns uh, that he's written and so many tips it's all free okay mystery shop of toilet hollywood i just want to say because i know people tune in we have new people mystery shop unique in the world we go into car dealerships, been doing it for 17 years, pretend to buy a lease a car uh, on an advertisement. Sometimes we're checking them on Ducati airbag replacements and things of this nature. We name names. We name car dealerships. Uh, we don't get sued because we tell the truth. And uh, here we go. And the car dealers hate us for this, but they should learn from this. Now, this is a unique shopping report because uh, 
Craig's in is a friend of Stu's and mine. Yes. And, and Nancy's. And we've been on trips together. We know Craig. We like Craig. Uh, he's an amazing guy. Yeah. Uh, he has several dealerships. But anyway, in full transparency, we do know this guy. And this does not dissuade us from telling the truth. And Craig, if you're listening, uh, you ought to listen because you're going to hear some things that you're not going to like. But you know us, I believe, uh, to know that we are telling you the truth. And when you have multiple dealerships, you can't always be in the trenches and know what's going on and what everybody's doing and saying. And that's what it's all about. It's like the hokey pokey. Right foot in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Toyota Hollywood uh, wants to be the biggest Toyota dealership in the world. At the rate they're growing, they just may achieve that goal. I'm not kidding. This is kind of exciting to have the second largest Toyota dealership in the world in South Florida. And that is Toyota Hollywood. Um, they're uh, real close to Miami. You know where Hollywood is. It's a huge metro area there. And only Longo Toyota in Los Angeles region sells more new Toyotas than Toyota of Hollywood. Last year, listen to this. I mean, folks, this is big. Yeah. Last year, the score was for the full year 2018. Correct. Uh, 14,406 vehicles were sold by Longo. 14,000. Yeah. 406 new Toyotas. Were, that's over 1,000, well over 1,000 vehicles a month. Yeah, just, that's just new. Yeah, yeah, new. That's new cars. Hollywood, um, this is Craig's in-store that we mystery shopped yesterday, 9,465. So he's closing fast. Hollywood's closing, they're closing very fast. It's 2018 sales were up 20%. Yeah, 19.9%. Yeah. I double-checked the math. Unbelievable. Longo sales, Longo losing ground. They were down 5%. Um, I started to digress into a story about Longo Toyota. They were one of the first Toyota dealerships. They were found, they started by uh, Dominic Longo. Uh, Google Dominic Longo if you want to laugh. uh, He he was a very interesting man. Um, It's no longer owned by Longo. It's owned by Penske. And uh, Roger Penske, of uh, racing fame, uh, of trucking fame, who also owns uh, Palm Beach, well, he doesn't own Palm Beach Toyota, but he owns 30% of the United Auto Group, which is a public company, which is uh, runs uh, the uh, Palm Beach Toyota. Yeah. Also, uh, this year, uh, Toyota of Hollywood has about beaten already at this point with one month ago, beaten what they did last year, yeah. and Longo was down by about 1,000. So they're continuing yeah, to close yeah, the gap. Yeah. Anyway, you're hearing uh, uh, Stu and I, as Toyota dealers, this is amazing to us, the number of cars yeah. that uh, Toyota Hollywood sells. Yeah. We amazing. sell about, about 3,000. I mean, he, 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 there's nobody close in South Florida. And, uh, and you, the whole, it used to be Kendall. used to be, yeah. used to be, yeah. Okay. Um, Hollywood Toyota is a part of a small five-store dealership group owned by Craig Zen that includes Lexus of Pembroke Pines and Lexus of North Miami. Mr. Zen is a rather colorful character, and his loud style is reflected in his advertising, which he spends a lot of money on. Yeah. And uh, his father uh, was the first Toyota dealer uh, in Southeast Toyota. Or, no, he was the first Toyota dealer in uh, Miami Beach or Miami. Yeah. And uh, many, many, many years ago. And there's another story there. You know, at my age, I have so many old stories. I have to do another book. Uh, 
Toyota Hollywood's ads dominate the airwaves, both TV and radio, the internet and even the newspaper. Although we've never mystery shopped this dealership, we've commented on this type of newspaper advertising that they run. It's really um, unique. He invented this. He, he, uh, this is the uh, Craig's Inn uh, creation, this type of newspaper advertising. Hollywood Specialty is advertising used Toyotas cleverly styled to make them appear at a glance as a new Toyota. As crazy as it sounds, these ads are legal in the eyes of Toyota Motors of North America. Uh, that's the main company. Yep. Uh, Southeast Toyota is a distributor for Toyota Motors of North America. Um, and uh, there's a marketing covenant that allows this uh, the marketing covenant is ostensibly supposed to mean that the dealers advertise honestly and transparently. Actually, it doesn't accomplish that at all. Uh, it uh, accomplishes other things, and that'll be another book when I write my other book. Uh, we picked up one of these advertisements from Hollywood uh, Toyota for Agent Thunder to investigate. It was a full-page beast of an ad that was littered with various sensational claims and offers and printed in radioactive colors and eye-popping fonts. But Stu really got into I, it. I like, he I like writes writing. these, by I the like way. I'm reading Stu's writing. I like that. He's a, a creative, he's a creative writer, yeah. <laughs> I know, radioactive colors <laughs> and a beast of an ad. Yeah, thank you very much. Eye-popping fonts. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. well done. Some of the claims were just funny. If you have a job and make $400 a week, we want doesn't say can we want to approve your credit <laughs> i laughed i laughed out loud at home i was like this yeah if you have a job and you make four hundred dollars, we want to improve your credit no i i i, I google i googled uh poverty level and in the united states uh, a family of four making uh 495 dollars a month is uh poverty level so yeah, it's above poverty level um there was also a vague pay up to 50% less. And we yeah, didn't know what that meant. It was like somewhere off yeah. to the side. Nancy asked it me just sounded car, good. <laughs> 50% less than what? So that's the point. Less than, I said 50% <laughs> less than what? I think there, there was some disclosure. I, I don't know, but it, it didn't matter. It just, made, it just made the ad look good, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's puffery. And we go to puffery. Puffery. Yeah, and, and see, the, our, our laws allow advertising to... To say something that's that's not true, yeah. as long as it's said in good spirits with a smile, and you're just exaggerating. In other words, you can exaggerate saying, "I'll sell you a car fifty percent less than you can buy another car for," when you really can't do that because it's just exaggeration right. or puffery. All your lawyers know what puffery is out there. Um, the ad listed all the languages spoken. You'll like this. Uh, in Hollywood, Toyota, uh, down there near Miami. Uh, they speak all these languages. At least they say they speak yeah, all these languages. I, we'll have to... <laughs> they have uh, Google Translator. They, 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 Spanish, of course. Yeah. Creole. Eh, French. Ah, okay. Portuguese, obviously. Russian. Ah. <laughs> Hebrew. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Arabic, in yeah. Arabic, maybe. Vietnamese, night. Chinese. Ah. Japanese, <laughs> and then Pakistani. Yes. And uh, Stu pointed out that uh, 
they don't really speak uh, Pakistani. It's called Urdu. Yeah, there's no language called there's Pakistani. No, yeah. It's like in Brazil, they don't speak Brazilian. Brazilian right. They speak Portuguese. We don't speak American here. In Pakistan, they don't speak Pakistanese. They speak Urdu. Urdu. It's yeah. a, one of the tribes. Exactly. I'll email Craig and let him know to change yeah. that in his next ad. Okay. But the main, the main part of the advertisement listed 2019 Toyota models with prices too low to believe. Now, remember, they started advertising these 2019s when the 2019s first came out. And that's when it was really, really crazy. Yeah. Because, you know, the 2019s been out for a couple of months. Craig puts his uh, 2019s in his rental car company. And then he advertises them because they're used cars. Once you title a car, it becomes a used car. And he continues that through the year. And then 2020, uh, in January, he'll have used 2020s that he will advertise. And people think they're new cars. Okay. Um, To give you an idea, the ad promotes a 2019 Corolla for $12,775, which is absurd. A brand new 2019 Corolla would go for eighteen dollars to $19,000. Or more. Or more, yeah. I mean, depending accessories. Agent Thunder chose to target the 2019 Toyota Tacoma uh, of Hollywood was a listing for just $18,775. New ones run around $25,000. So, I mean, that's a... To die for a price, you couldn't possibly buy a new Toyota Corolla for that. And so you come in, you come in. Before deploying um, Agent Thunder, we noticed something very interesting in the fine print disclosure of the ad. It indicated the prices excluded tax, tag, registration, and title, but included the $899 dealer fee. Now that's Florida law. Yeah. And I believe, uh, knowing Craig's Inn, I believe Craig's Inn has instructed his advertising agency to advertise only legal. Yep. Don't, don't bait the tiger and advertise something that's patently illegal because you're going to have a regulator somewhere that's going to send somebody in from the attorney general's office. They're going to mystery shop me and put me in jail. They're going to find me. Don't want that. I want my advertisers to be sure to state everything is legal. The funny thing is, it's not funny, it's tragic. The other car dealers know it's illegal, and they don't care. They advertise, excluding their dealer fee, blatantly excluding their dealer fee. Hollywood Toyota, I mean, i got to give Craig a pat on the back, his advertising is legal. He's saying, at least at this point in the mystery shopping report, but... Stay tuned, because it's not all legal. Uh, could this be real, including the dealer fee and the advertised price of a car is exactly what Florida law requires and is exactly what we never see adhered to by other dealers? We couldn't wait to see if Toyota of Hollywood would add their $899 dealer fee to the $18,775, or the price would really include it. Of course, we were pretty sure the $899 fee, $899 dealer fee wouldn't be the only hidden fee Agent Thunder would see that day. Uh, there's nobody anymore that has just one dealer fee, and that's the reason I don't like calling them dealer fees. We call them hidden fees because that's what they are. Here's our report. I pulled into the big dealership, big, yeah, huge, on State Road 7 around 11 a.m., In Park, I'm speaking like I did the shop. It was really Agent Thunder. There was a group of salesmen standing near the entrance. They all took notice of me. I was acutely aware of being targeted 
it was an uncomfortable feeling. We call that the wolf pack yeah, I got syndrome. A pic- we have a picture of it in the report yeah, here. We know. It's a very good picture. Uh, you know how you feel when you pull into a car dealership? If you have recently, it's like all eyes are on you and you're afraid to get out of the car. Um, we, our salesman will bunch up and we get nervous about that. And we say, go inside. You're scaring the customers off. Yep. Uh, it's just not a good thing to do. Uh, one broke away from the pack and walked in my direction. I instinctively walked quickly with my head down and passed him as I didn't want to make eye contact. I entered the building before he could intercept me. I had no time to breathe. The second I went in, Lamont got me. <laughs> At every turn. I just had a flashback. Lamont Cranston. Who knows who Lamont Cranston was? Uh, was that Fred Sanford's son? The no. Shadow. Uh, the Shadow Do. Oh, The Shadow oh. The Shadow. <laughs> The shadow knows. The shadow knows. Yeah. Lamont Cranston. You oldies out there will remember that. Isn't it funny how these things... <laughs> just, you're triggered by... Yeah, I, I just, you know, Lamont. Kind of a word How many people do you know Lamont these days? I think uh, Fred Sanford's son. That's what uh, Lamont was a veteran was. salesman. He wasted no time trying to determine my purpose for being there. I showed him the newspaper ad, said, I want a new 2019 Tacoma Access Cab SR for 18775 Lamont said, oh yeah? That's pre-owned. Snapped it right back at me. <laughs> That's uh-huh. pre-owned. It's probably on our other lot. Yeah, the used car lot, right? Yeah. Uh, he asked if he could hold the ad. <laughs> he looked at it closer and said, it's a little tricky. It's on a specific truck. We may not have it. Right. Like he's yeah. used to saying that. Okay. I expressed my irritation. I asked Lamont, how pre-owned is it? What's the mileage? Lamont replied that he didn't know, but said it would have low miles since it was a 2019 if this was January 2019, it had real low miles. It had 13,000 miles on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah 13, It had average miles. Yeah. I said I didn't have the time and patience to get into a big back and forth. I asked him to confirm that the ad price would be the best price and they, would, and they wouldn't add anything but tax and tag. Here we go. Lamont said they would have to add their dealer fee and e-filing fee. Now, let me repeat that. They would have to add their hidden fees... And the dealer fee is a generic term, and e-filing fee is just a dealer fee. So uh, translate that. I said that the ad said the dealer fee was included. And that's what Craig Zinn wants to do, because that's what he told his advertising agency and his lawyer to see that they did it to advertise the, uh, the car legally. So what he did was he advertised the car legally except for another hidden fee he didn't put in there, the electronic filing fee and the salesman tried to sneak in the real dealer fee or the obvious dealer fee and that's just not right lamont asked me to wait while he went to get the truck i waited after 10 minutes i got a tuna sub at the subway restaurant they had right there in the showroom this place is so big they have a subway restaurant (laughs) inside the showroom that is really cool i finished my sandwich got a refill and i assume this is free or did he buy it? Uh, I got to ask. I got to find well, out. Usually if you have like the fountain drink thing, you yeah. can just go do it. He got a refill on a Diet Coke. Isn't that silly? You're eating a, a submarine sandwich with a thousand calories and you have a Diet Coke. I do that. Yeah. Reminds me of the old joke. Uh, Diet Cokes uh, cause you to gain weight because every time to the restaurant, all the fat people are drinking Diet Cokes. <laughs> all right. Come on. Okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm digressing a lot today. Oh, boy. It might have been my outpatient surgery. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
I asked another salesperson to call him. They did and reported back that he was just about to walk in the front doors. I turned to see Lamont approaching him with another man, Juan Carlos. This is a really, kind of an international yeah. thing here. Lamont, the shadow, Juan Carlos. <laughs> the jackal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and introduced me to Juan Carlos and explained that he had an appointment, arrive early, while Lamont did. Uh, Juan Carlos would take me on a test drive. We walked outside. Juan Carlos led me to a Corolla, asked me to get in. Then he drove me to the used car lot across the street. Uh, the used car lot was a, a circus. Old school style salespeople smoking cigarettes. Hard to believe. Smoking cigarettes in front of customers. A live audio feed of a car auction. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine uh, anything more irritating than I, that. But I love it. I mean, I, yeah, I know. I mean, I just, but I, I like it. I mean, yeah. it's just old school. Yeah, just old school. Old school. I, I wish I'd done this report myself. Um, blared from my outside loudspeaker. It was intense. Inside the used car building, we ran into a snag. No one knew where the truck was. Juan Carlos, another salesperson and a manager, searched for the keys. The manager checked a computer. They called another salesman on the phone. The manager asked to see the ad to confirm a stock number. Uh, the chaos continued <laughs> for several months. I hope Craig Zinn is listening to this. He will be furious. <laughs> yeah, he will. I mean, heads will roll. Oh, we, oh, we had a text about that, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, we're helping Craig Zinn you know, clean up Dodge. Yeah, he needs to improve. Uh, he's only the second largest Toyota dealership in the world, and he's probably making more money than anybody's ever seen in their life. I mean, he's got two Lexus dealerships and the second largest Toyota dealership in the world, and I'm worried about his business. Okay. Finally, the manager informed me I was in luck. I found the keys. Ooh. Juan Carlos led me outside to find the truck. Of course, we couldn't find it. We searched for 10 minutes before going back inside to tell the manager. He said, I'll go back. He said to go back to new cars to look. Man, I'll tell you, talking about chaos. We, I mean, you just don't do this to customers. Huh. But what am I talking about? They're making a fortune. Uh, I think so, we have four minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. we I got to stop digressing. <laughs> You're having too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> we drove back across the street. The truck wasn't there, so we drove back to the used car lot. <laughs> Finally, we found it behind the building, tucked away between two other trucks. Juan Carlos handed me the key, <laughs> told me to drive it back to the new car showroom so that Lamont could finish up with me. Uh, I did as he asked, but when I got there, Lamont was still tied up. He said I would have to get another salesperson over and use cars. I drove back. Uh, I, I think that... that uh, did you count? Like I think eight that times Craig Zinn just put his fist through the wall. <laughs> He's watching on your Facebook page. <laughs> the manager, Tony, came over. Uh, Tony, Juan Carlos, and Lamont came over, apologized for how I'd been handled. He said he'd be taking me over from this point forward. He asked me how I'd like the truck. I said I drove wonderfully across State Road 7 twice. <laughs> uh, Tony didn't pick up on my sarcasm. Great, let's write it up. He printed out a buyer's order. The top line read sale price 28458 with a Sharpie scribbled ad misspelled uh, price. Below that, next came a discount of 9663 The net Difference was eighteen seven ninety five. The ad price almost. Then he added an eight hundred ninety nine dollar pre delivery service fee. That's a hidden fee, and a five hundred ninety nine dollar electronic filing, electronic processing fee. E tag. That's a total of. Can we round that up to fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah. Fourteen ninety eight. Next came tax and three eighty eight for title registration. Out the door was twenty two one twenty one. 
I told him the ad said the dealer fee was included in the price. Tony didn't blink. He said, okay, took a Sharpie, crossed it out, <laughs> then he <laughs> wrote out the new price, 21222 below the out-the-door price. Tony also warned me that the Carfax report indicated that it had been in an accident. He wanted me to sign something to indicate that he disclosed <laughs> that uh, trucks had a bad Carfax. Yeah. Shouldn't that be a dirty Carfax? I don't know, but it says it on the buyer's order. It's printed, bad Carfax. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think... I thanked him. I said, I need to think about it. I took the bars over left. I was drained. Oh, man, I'm drained. And I just read the report. There you have classic bait and switch. It's the second largest Toyota dealership in the world. And I'm telling you, folks, uh, that is incredible to me. And I just don't. I, uh, my, I drive my sons crazy. I drive Stu crazy. I says, we got to find out what Toyota Hollywood is doing. And we we. Yeah, anyway, I, I, I'm digressing again. We haven't got time. We need to vote. They're open 24 hours. Maybe that helps. Are they? I thought it was still midnight. They're open 24 hours. I think they're 24. Yeah. But that's I could what, be wrong. That's what I heard their advertisement. Uh, vote on this Mr. Shopping report, folks. Uh, what do we have? We have three uh, submissions. Bobby gives them an F. Mark gives them an F. Ed gives them an F. Uh, yeah. It's not that unusual. It's just on a grander scale. I'm going to give them a D. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm going to go with the D in agreements with Stu here. Unfortunately, we've lost sound on our YouTube feed, uh, so we haven't really got any grades coming in. Uh, folks, for anyone that will hear this, hopefully uh, look for our podcast on SoundCloud.com. But we've got, we've got no sound going out on the YouTube feed yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah it's saying. been that way for a while. James uh, said that he wanted Earl to move his... <clears throat> excuse me, his microphone, uh, so he could read his lips. <laughs> ah. uh, okay, uh, so back to the mystery shopping report. Uh, deception isn't a pretty word, and uh, that's what I found this mystery shopping report uh, of uh, Toyota of Hollywood. And uh, there's so much uh, tap dancing here and so much deception that uh, I give it an F. You know, I'm uh, really on the horns of a dilemma here because I'm, I'm, I'm torn between the fact that I'm pra- friends with Craig Zinn and I like the guy. And, uh, and he's a sharp dresser. And I'm also impressed with the fact that he does so well. Uh, he sells so many cars. And there's something to be said for that. Uh, there's something to be said for the fact that he tries hard, very cleverly, to advertise legally. Yes. Uh, and I'm like Stu. I, 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 I almost want to fail him to prove I'm not favoring him because I know him. But I'm going to give him a, I'm going to pass him with a D. And I'm going to uh, hope that he calls us. And I hope to, that he will say he's going to take some measures to clean up things in the way that what he wants to have done is not being carried out. Right. Yeah, the Urdu word for fail is nakam hona. Oh. But we did not nakam hona him. Oh, that's good. And that's <laughs> Pekingese? That's, that's Urdu. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, I give them an F on behalf of the consumers, and there are so many consumers out there that are being taken advantage of. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of our show, and we want to take a moment and thank Nick and Jonathan for all their help. And, and happy birthday, Nancy. Oh, thank you. That's uh, right. Happy so belated birthday. Uh, uh, we'll be back here next week at the same time, so... Uh, Stay tuned for that. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye, everybody. I have-